Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, traders. We are coming at you on December 5th, 2021, with the 73rd episode of the Performante Podcast. My name's Nathan. I've got Keith with me, and today we are going to be talking about the big dump. We were talking about a contraction in the volatility between 56 and 58,000, and we saw a spike in the volatility, but not the way we were looking for, to be honest. Uh, the price action did turn pretty bearish, and there was extreme sell volume that came into the market with lows that formed around 42,000 on some exchanges and all the way down to 28,000 on some others. And so I think there is a really high degree of fear and uncertainty in the market as we're on one of these low volume consolidation weekends. And so I think the entire crypto sphere and maybe the investing world is waiting for futures to open up this afternoon just to see if stocks will follow the same suit. Because as we know, the Federal Reserve is tapering their uh, financial uh, tapering. And so with that in mind, we can jump right into the first story where we will be talking about just how much was liquidated in this sell-off. And so I think just to explain kind of what happened here, I think there was uh, an insufficient setup of buy liquidity. So people love leverage. Leverage is super accessible within the crypto markets. And when people begin to get liquidated, it forms a cascade because those liquidations are formed as market sells. And so if there's basically a turn of events that leads to a push to the downside, these liquidations happen, they trigger sells. And if there's not enough buy volume stacked in the order book, like there is on low volume weekends, then it just causes a cascade of the price down. And that's really what we saw, a massive impulse move to the downside. And uh, the bears won this one, let's say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we were talking about how the volatility was contracting in Bitcoin. It was at the same or similar low point that we saw back in September of 2020, right before when Bitcoin was at like the 10, 12K before that monumental impulsive push that brought us to the plus 60K range. And to kind of go over what Nathan just said, uh, there are major fundamental factors at play in our Discord. We've been talking about it and people have been asking, you know, why did we have that big dump? And although there isn't anything directly associated with crypto that we can see, uh, even things like the Evergrande situation in China is on the back burner. Um, our Discord members have been talking about it, have been providing insights as to the, the health of Evergrande in China as a whole altogether. Also, with the interest rates potentially increasing due to them not really calling transit or inflation transitory that could potentially cause a slight worry for future earnings for businesses because if you put your money in bonds that's basically risk-free reward and you have to subtract that risk-free reward from future potential earnings and that makes it harder uh, for a businesses to borrow money but b also for people to then choose let's say, high-risk speculative assets compared to bonds, which then, if they do raise interest rates, actually have a yield. So some slight worry here, but we have seen J-PAL be very favorable for risk-on assets. Like, everyone remembers the massive crash that we had back at the start of COVID. Uh, we recovered very quickly from that, and the central banks were able to provide a tremendous amount of liquidity to support the risk on assets. We saw the Nasdaq hit all-time highs very quickly soon after. So because Jay Powell was elected yet again as the Fed chair, you know, as long as he's going to maintain his overall dovishness for the market, in my view, there isn't a massive 
uh, worry to come because he's not like Paul Walker. He's not going to raise interest rates substantially, in my view, because as long as he's going to be rational and as long as he's going to be consistent, he will be very, very favorable to risk on assets, which uh, a lot of altcoins are pooled under, and I'd say even Bitcoin is still pooled under. So definitely a little bit of worry in terms of fundamentals, but we have seen this movie play out, so to speak, and we have seen Jay Powell and central banks favor risk on assets and not let the market go down. Because at this point, we are seeing the broader markets and crypto not directly positively correlated, but correlated enough that, in my view, they should be within the same pool when you're looking at the broader markets. So um, we will talk about someone who did actually action this massive dump. The uh, people in El Salvador actually bought the dip once again. The president of El Salvador bought the dip at an average price of around 48500 He did tweet about it, and it just kind of seems like he is speculating with uh, the uh, taxpayer money there. What are your thoughts on it, Nathan? Yeah, to circle back to your previous idea, it's like, yo, if Jay Powell wants to wean the financial support, let's fuck around and figure out what happens, you know? There's no way to figure out what's on the other side of the economy until that rug is pulled. And yeah, Naib, Naib Bukele, I think is how you pronounce his name, the president of El Salvador, he is basically just trading crypto with his country's money. So far, it's worked out. He is in the positive with this trade. He picked up 150 BTC. And he sent out another tweet saying like he missed the bottom by like nine minutes or something like that. It's pretty funny, you know. That's uh, definitely some kind of behavior that I think the DGENs can relate to. <laughs> so that being said, I'm not really sure if this is the kind of behavior I'd want to see from my president. But hey, you know, it is. we're heading into 2022 and just about anything can be happening on planet Earth nowadays. So... If El Salvador becomes the sovereign nation of Bitcoin trading, who knows? Because they are using it in wholesome ways, whether it be build schools or a pet hospital. There have been some positive stories coming to light from how El Salvador is spending this capital that they're putting into Bitcoin. And so it's only a matter of time until I guess he makes some bad trades or uh, runs out of capital to buy the dip. With any luck, it'll reverse and we'll go back on trend. But... Uh, definitely, I think a lot of crypto traders bought the dip, including the president of El Salvador. And so before we move on to our next two stories, which are kind of related to cryptocurrency exchanges, I just wanted to take a quick breather and take some time to talk about Performante Community Coin. So we will be launching in December. How exciting. The security audits and the final steps finally got finished. And we have a polished and secure product. And essentially, over the next couple, two, two, three weeks or so, we will be integrating it into the Discord. And uh, it'll be gasless when it comes to transmission from user to user. And ultimately, we are going to develop a hold-to-play system. So with this hold-to-play system, there will be four tiers. And each of these four tiers, you have to hold a different amount of PCC to get the benefits. Uh, and basically, uh, it's like a membership. If you hold a certain amount... Uh, you get access to certain things like a trading bot or on-chain analytics or educational documents or private communities with the other people who have that same level of ownership. But I think one of the most interesting applications of this is we will be forming a DAO uh, where people can vote on the orientation of the community, what they want to see, what they want to get done uh, to really help 
us provide the most valuable feedback or the most valuable product for our community. Uh, and I'm really excited about this. This is something new that's for us. This is something that's new for us, uh, kind of uncharted territory in terms of actually developing cryptocurrency. And we're really excited uh, to have a great community behind us. So if you do want to get involved with PCC or if you want to learn more about it, I think the Discord is really the place to be as we will be launching it over the next couple of weeks. That being said, we'll also be releasing an NFT drop for all of the PCC early adopters. So again, no better place to be than the Performante Discord. Yeah, definitely well said. Um, just want to ask, also touch on the website build that we're also creating that is also attached to the PCC launch. Um, along with the ability to enter different discords, different discussions, meet new people, interact. You'll also have the ability to look at some analytics, some data that we've been able to pull through various APIs. So you'll be able to not only be able to have those interactions with the people that are kind of in the same tier as you, in the same ranking, but you'll also be able to get the functionalities that we're currently building within our website that will give you basically a little bit more of an edge within the market, looking at on-chain analytics, looking where other people are not to give you an edge in the market. So hopefully that is um, gonna be able to help you out. We definitely think it'll help. It's a lot of stuff that we either wish we had or there are already um, options in the market, but it's paid and we're, we're gonna be really able to provide as much info as we possibly can for our community members. So definitely keep a close eye on that. We got big things ahead. Jumping right into the next two stories here, the first one is kind of going along with the slightly bearish news that we've seen, or uh, not so bullish news, let's say, a crypto ex exchange called Bitmark recently got hacked with losses estimating at around just under 200 million. Um, they're estimating it at 196 million, and the CEO has confirmed the company has had a security breach. Um, so the hacker was able to basically uh, somehow, I don't exactly know what the uh, technical aspects of it, but basically get into Bitmark, uh, take some uh, take some funds, and systematically use DEXs or decentralized exchanges, particularly in this case it was one inch, to then swap the st stolen assets for Ether Ethereum and then use secondary addresses to deposit ETH into a private mixer, Tenota uh, Cash, which is the privacy mixer. And this makes it very difficult for investigators to find the funds and track down the hacker. So really unfortunate. They were, if you're looking into the particulars of like what they actually stole, it was around $100 million in Ethereum network projects and around $96 million on the Binance smart chain. So uh, pretty obviously unfortunate for everyone involved, but um, there is a long list of all the different uh projects that we will post in our Discord a little bit later. Um, but really unfortunate, hopefully not um, a ton of people have been impacted by this that uh, we know, or at least anyone, <clears throat> but $200 million is $200 million, and that is pretty unfortunate to see. Yeah, and, and I mean, they even got away, they even got away with stuff like SafeMoon, so who knows, maybe they'll go onto an exchange and dump SafeMoon, and that shitcoin will go even lower. <laughs> However, they definitely did steal some projects that I own, so... I guess we just got to wait and see, specifically BNB, they got away with the decent bag, UFO, Floki, Hero. There are some larger name projects, but definitely I think BitMart is known for servicing the smaller market cap projects. And so when it comes to them getting hacked, they're definitely going to drain away some of the meme coins. 
And so I guess if that is an example of a bad exchange, we will finalize this episode with an example of a great exchange. None other than Crazy Hair Sam. Uh, he is looking to sell some shares of FTX and FTX US in a new funding round. He is looking to raise $1.5 billion, which is an insane amount of money, but even more insane. FTX's evaluation is at $32 billion, while FTX US is at $8 billion. So con- combined value of $40 billion, which is pretty insane given that uh, this exchange a couple of years ago was not a, one of the large market players. They've really found their niche. Uh, and it's great to see this level of growth from Sam, the FTX team. And I think that they're really entering the space as the legitimate, like an institutional solution, high degree of compliance uh, and provide a service for with a lot of value on both the institutional side and the retail side with like, for example, their 8% staking for any balances or their random meme coins that get bought when or that get airdropped anytime you buy something. Like they're definitely carving out their own niche within cryptocurrency. Yeah, definitely well said. And just to touch on that, uh, Bankman-Fried is also planning in this article stating that they're going to look for acquisitions and partnerships. Uh, and that's mainly to get into more countries with more users because assumingly those exchanges um, through the acquisitions have already established some sort of regulatory process that they've been able to jump through in terms of the, the hoops and the difficulties. And each little country has their own uh, hoops and regulatory issues that they have to go through. So they kind of seem like they're going to go through the same process as Binance did, where they're just trying to globalize as much as possible and increase market share of the crypt- total cryptocurrency volume that is being traded. So Binance does definitely look like they have kind of kind of a target on their back in terms of competition but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing it does seem like binance is less catering to institutional traders um at the end of the day i think their main bread and butter is going to be retail which i don't really find as a bad thing but ftx does have a lot of backing there and and also kind of looking into what ftx is investing because you see all this momentum this bullishness and this really great news for FTX, looking at projects that are backed by FTX, for example, Serum, I think could also be a really good long-term play because you see the success that FTX have as long as they're maintaining that momentum. Um, Obviously, understanding that they see something positive in Serum is a really good thing, and you know that they have a ton of capital backing them as the FTX, so if Serum does need a little bit of a cash injection, FTX is going to be there, or we hope that FTX is going to be there at least uh, to provide that liquidity. So looking at some kind of downstream projects or plays that could benefit from FTX's success could also be a really good um, thing to look out for as well. And you can't go wrong with the auto, uh, basically auto interest that you receive for any major uh, deposits that you put in. Like if you're holding something really small like Star Atlas, they won't give you any sort of um, interest. But if you're holding a larger token, Solana, Bitcoin, you know, um, things that are larger, then you definitely would be able to get a pretty significant interest rate just, just for holding on their exchange. So that's really fantastic. But keep in mind, if it's not your keys, it's not your wallet. So you, you got to take that into consideration. So that's really the end of our news stories here. Today is December 5th. My name is Keith, and I'll let Nathan end off this podcast. I appreciate the time you have taken to tune to our crypto rambling this Sunday morning. 
uh, wherever you may be on planet Earth, we wish you the best. Stay safe. Take care, everyone.